0: That is really a nasty, nasty thing we got going there. Is uh, the connection all tight on the little pass-through device and stuff? Because that looks really weird. It's supposed to be like a um, orange color. Yeah, does that look orange to you? Like, I am colorblind, but that does not look the right color to me. I don't know about you guys, but... Very much? Very much, yeah. Yeah, it uh, did not look right to me uh, at all. There, that's better. That's what it's supposed to look like. There is that okay? Is that, that was I right? Was that orange? Is that orange? That's orange? Okay, see? I'm not totally colorblind. Like, you know, I knew it was off. I knew it was wrong. There we go. That's why the comedian, he's not really that bluey-purple either. He's, uh, he uh, actually is not from an alien planet uh, or anything like that. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, today, whether you knew it or not, you know, Hallmark's been opting or co-opting pretty much every day of the year. So today is Grandparents Day. Did you know that? How many of you knew today was Grandparents Day? Here. How many grandparents do we have in the place? Let me see your hands. Cindy's putting those hands up. Yes, in Jesus' name, right? Uh, Great to see so many grandparents in the house today. And of course, uh, grandparents is an indicator of why there are so many children running around this place. Uh, Because the grandparents means, by virtue of the title that there are little ones involved, right? And so today is Grandparents Day, and so today we wanted to have a special uh, day for grandparents, both a a time at the end of the service, Pastor Mark is bringing all the kids in here at the end, and we're going to have the the children pray over the grandparents in the house this morning. And uh, so we're going to have that at the end of the service, so we're going to have kids just praying over uh, grandparents in the place, And I don't think that you can underestimate your influence as a grandparent. Uh, Grandparents have tremendous ability to influence uh, grandchildren. And the beautiful thing is we get to do it without changing very many diapers, cleaning up, puke, and all that other kind of stuff, right? So we get to do it, uh, and we get to avoid all of the other stuff for the most part. You know, when the kid does something, you go, oh, wow, and you just hand it back to mom or dad, right? Uh, so, there's nothing quite like grandparenting. It's, in many ways, all the wonders of parenting without all of the incredible hard work. Uh, you just get to sit there and pour all kinds of good stuff into them. It's awesome. You should try it. I recommend you try it first. Forget this. Skip the parenting stage. Do the grandparenting thing. And then come back to the parenting thing after you've got some experience. That would be the way to do it. That would be good, wouldn't it? Praise the Lord. Well, uh, <sighs> I wouldn't have thought that Grandparents' Day was a really important day nine years ago. But now that I have eight grandchildren, ranging from six months to eight years of age, I have a pretty good idea that Grandparents' Day is pretty important. And, uh, you know, I remember, and I might have told this story before, but D.L. Moody was doing a, a weekend of meetings, and, and, uh, and he came back after the weekend, and somebody said to him, you know, how, how was your weekend? And he looked at me and said, well said, so I had two and a half converts. And uh, the guy said, two, two and a half converts? He said, what do you... And he thought about it and minute. he goes, oh, you mean like you had two adults and, and one child? And he said, no, I had two children and one adult. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, what, what Dale Moody was trying to get across to the guy is not only uh, how important children are, but that children have the entire rest of their life ahead of them. They have far more opportunity for Christ, far more, uh, in, you know, time to invest for the kingdom than those who have already lived part of their life or half of their life. So he was saying the exciting thing is is that we cannot uh, overlook the value of children. And we shouldn't, I hear all the time, well, they're the church of tomorrow. Well, it does a stream. You have to understand, we're not really the church of tomorrow church. We believe they're the church of today. And, uh, you know, we don't believe children should be seen and not heard. We believe they should be celebrated. Amen? Amen. And uh, that is the kind of church we are. So we want you to understand that today is an important day, and grandparenting is important because children are important. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to start with that this morning. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. This is an amazing truth that children are a wonderful blessing from God. They're a gift from the Lord. And when, we're, when our quiver is full, and some of you might have a different definition of full than, the, than another. You know, some families said one was a, that was a quiver. My quiver was full at one child. Others like, no, 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 we want four, five, six, seven, that's a quiver full. But, you know, and, you know and it, we're not here this morning to discuss what a quiver is for any particular family. But the truth of the matter is that the Scripture is trying to tell us children are to be celebrated. Amen? Amen. That they are given to us as a gift by God. And when God blesses us with children, he's blessing us with something more precious than we can possibly imagine. The Judeo-Christian practice and, and belief is that we should put a premium on the blessing of children. If you read through the scripture, you'll see many passages where uh, there was a family that was barren that it would not, could not have children. And they cried out to the Lord. From Rachel to Elizabeth, they were crying out to God, I want to have children. And God answered them, and the Bible talks about the miracle of opening their womb and that they could, they could have children. Because without it, I mean, Rachel's cry was, give me children or I die. That's pretty strong. I want, I want children or, I, or I'm going to die. Uh, there was such a cry within her to, to uh, have that gift from God. And so we cannot overestimate how important they are uh, in the life of the body of Christ. And at Desert Stream, uh, we believe that children are precious. We believe they're an answer to prayer and a gift from God. And some I've had some people say, man, why do you have these kids all running around at the front at the beginning of church? And And, you know, I'll admit, you know, we have to watch out for their safety sometimes, because they're, and some of them see how fast they can run from one side to the other, and, and, you know, we don't want them bumping into each other, so, you know, uh, and, and, you know, we also don't want them screaming at the top of the lungs and making it so other people can't, uh, you know, worship, but we do want them to feel free in the body of Christ. And that freedom that they have where they come and they run and they enjoy uh, coming to church translates into them being here uh, when they get a little older and a little older and a little older and they begin to learn and they begin to layer things on top of them and they begin to understand that God loves me. Our grandkids come home, they had a theme that, you know, God makes me brave and they were walking around the house talking about how brave they were. And uh, because they realized that God makes them brave. And where did they learn that? They learned that in kids church. Amen. And so we, we're not a children should be seen and not heard church. Just so you know that. And uh, they're seen and they're heard. Are you hearing me today? They're seen and they're heard. And we love hearing from them. And, uh, you know, and so we bless the children. We love on the children. We think that they are an amazing, wonderful, wonderful gift from the Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, we have to understand what a beautiful gift it is to be able to have uh, children in our lives. And, uh, you know, when we beget children, I think that that is when we are most like God in our humanity. The ability to procreate, to have offspring, to create life, places us right in the presence of the divine. Of all the qualities of humanity bestowed upon us, by the Father of creation. The ability to create life together is the most divine thing that God has put in the human race. The ability to create life. Think about it. God breathed and into man. and man became a living being. But then he also gave us the ability to bring forth more living, breathing beings. It's a remarkable, remarkable thing that God has done from us. And in this way, every... Conception is a miraculous partnership with God. As physical life in the womb is joined with an eternal spirit. That every time conception takes place, it's a partnership with God the Father. It is a bringing forth of life that God is a part of that process. God is a part of that process. You know, if you want understanding of that, just listen to the scripture. Psalm 139, For you formed me, God, you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So, you know, this is a clear verse showing us that partnership between a man and a woman and God when a life is conceived. And, and the scripture is trying to help us understand that every time a child is conceived, it's a divine impartation. It is God stamping himself again because the Bible says, we are made in whose image? His. He is stamping the human race with himself again every time a child is conceived, every time a child is born. not that a beautiful thing to understand? Children are indeed a gift from God. And whether you have uh, many uh, physical children or whether you were not able to have any children, the reality is, is that every life that we surround ourselves with and that we pour into uh, physically or spiritually is a gift from God. If you don't have the, 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 the miracle of a physical child, the, the next best thing and awesome thing is spiritual children. And when we take them under our wing and when we bless that life and we uh, inculcate that life with spiritual life and we pour into them, it's amazing how our lives are transformed as we pour ourselves into someone else. That's what the life journey is about. It's about imparting ourself into someone else. It's about replicating the nature and the being of God into someone else. That is the privilege that God has given us when we have children. Amen? So children are a gift from God. The second thing we have to understand is that children are also a consignment from God. Everybody say, with privilege comes responsibility. Say it again. With privilege comes responsibility. If you've been privileged with children, then you have a great responsibility. Amen? There is no greater responsibility than to take care of those children. That God has uh, consigned to us a life that he had a part in creating. So every time we have a child, we have been given uh, consignment of a life that God was a part of creating. And that's an amazing privilege. It's also an amazing responsibility. It is an incredible responsibility that we have been given to us by God. And you have to let that kind of settle in. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. I was going to uh, use the word entrustment that was an entrustment from God. But then, you know, sometimes when I find a word and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of clunky. So anybody ever do this? If you do much writing, then you, you, you hit the old thesaurus, right? Brings up all the other ones, right? And so one of them was consignment. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So then I thought, well, what does consignment actually mean, right? What does consignment actually mean? And this is what I found when I brought in the word consignment. This is so cool. It's an arrangement in which an item is placed in the care of another until purchased by a buyer, okay? Until the item is sold, the consigner still claims ownership and is still responsible for anything that may happen to the item while it is in the care of the consignee. Now, let me just tell you what I got out of that. First of all, our children have been placed in our care by the father until they're purchased. And you might say, what does that mean? Well, we were purchased by the blood of who? Jesus. And so your children are placed in your care. They're your responsibility. They're yours to take care of and to pour spiritual truth and wisdom into until the day they understand their purchase. Until the day they're able to say, you know what? Jesus is mine. That's probably when they fully get that, they're going to be an adult. Do you know what I'm saying? They may come to Christ at a young age, but you still got to work that. you got to disciple that. You've got to pour into that. But then when they're an adult, it's their responsibility. You may be there as a coach and a support, but every adult is on their own journey with Jesus Christ, right? That's why when I have people come in and say, well, you know, the reason I'm not serving Jesus is because my mom and dad were terrible Christian parents. I go, well, that's maybe true. Maybe not true. I don't know. But what's that got to do with anything? Now you're an adult. You get to choose what you're going to do. You can sit there and blame your whole life on your parents the rest of your life. But the reality is at some point, you have to take ownership for your life. Someone say amen. Amen. At some point, you got to say, God, it's me and you now. And you're going to have to go through that time and that season when you argue it out with him, when you have it out with him, and you settle things because it's really between you and him now. You're an adult now. I get a kick out of these memes and these things on the internet of, you know, I don't feel like adulting today. I never heard that in my generation, but, but you know, uh, millennials, I don't, I don't feel like adulting today. I'm like, what in the world does that mean? I don't feel like adulting today? Come on. You know, the reality is once you're an adult, there's no turning back. Hello? I read a story about a guy who works as a job. He's a, he was an accountant or something, works all day. When he comes home, when he comes home, he takes his suit off, goes into the bedroom, takes his suit off and everything, and he puts on a diaper and he comes out with a little uh, you know, pacifier and he climbs into a, a, in a giant crib and his wife takes care of him the rest of the day. You need more than just a little bit of therapy if that's your, if that's your MO, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. That is taking the whole I don't feel like adulting thing to another level and it's not healthy, okay? Everybody say not healthy. Everybody say, just plain weird. <laughs> That's just plain weird. You know, the reality is, is that when we're an adult, we're responsible for our own choices in life. Amen? But when we have children, they're in our care. And so the next thing about this I find interesting, it says until the item is sold, and in this case, until we, that child understands the purchase of Jesus of their soul, till they really can live that out, then there's still the responsibility of God, the consignor. However, they're in the care of the Cassini, which is you and I. So they're ultimately still gods, right? I mean, know that your children are still gods, but they're in your care. So if, if you look at your children, you don't just see them as, as a byproduct of you and your husband, but if you see them as a byproduct of you and your spouse and your God, and that you have been given the care of them, that, that puts a whole new perspective on it. I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, the greatest revelation that I got is that God is my father. You know? A great revelation I got just this past year. I can't remember where I read it or where I saw it, but it was that God is my father-in-law. So let me let that sink in for a minute. Man, how, how much differently would we treat our spouses if we think of God's my father-in-law? He's her father. And when I... Understand that the way I treat my spouse, I'm going to have to answer to my father in law. And I sure hope he's not standing on the porch with a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I want to make sure I treat her in such a way that my father in law is pleased. I don't want to just live my life in such a way that my heavenly father is pleased, but my heavenly father in law is pleased as well. That's why my wife is spoiled. I can just say it. She's spoiled. And as her dad used to say to her mom, she's spoiled, she has it so good, when she dies and goes to heaven, she won't even notice a difference, she has it so good here. <laughs> you know that whole thing we always talk about, this life is training for raining. well I'm just doing my part, uh, my wife is getting prepped right now, so that when she's in eternity, she's just going to be, she's going to be all ready, she's going to be all ready, because she's just had such an experience, of just being lavished on her here, that she will just be like, I'm ready, I'm ready Lord. And if you don't think that's the truth, you just ask her afterwards. She'll just tell you how great a husband I am. (laughs) So do you understand that that word consignment is a profound truth for us. And that our children are ours. They're placed in our care. But we're in a cooperative, I should say, relationship with the Heavenly Father. And they're in our care and we are to work with them, to love them, to disciple them, to nurture them, and we are never lose that responsibility till the day that they can take responsibility for that for themselves in every way. Until then, step up to the plate, Mom. Step up to the plate, Dad. Are you hearing me this morning? And this is the principal reason, this revelation that it's a partnership with God, that, that it's Me and my spouse and my heavenly father is the principal reason why this next statement is so powerful. This is the principal reason that the notion that we should let children decide whether they want to go to church or whether they will follow in their faith is such a strategy of the enemy. It's an insult to God who partnered with you in the creation of that life in the first place. When you take that position, you are insulting the God who partnered with you and gave you that life and entrusted it to you when you take that position. He placed them in your care for the very purpose of leading them to him so that when they're older, they will embrace their own partnership with God in advancing his kingdom and changing the world. When I hear parents say that kind of stuff to me, I'm like, are you kidding me? That is the last thing you want to do. Because the reality is that your children will not choose what they think. They will choose what other influences think. They will choose what the world thinks. They will choose what their friend thinks. They will choose what the television tells them. They will choose what, whatever influence they see in the media. They will choose something because somebody is going to lead your kids somewhere. It should be you leading them to the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? So don't buy into that lie. Well, I'm just going to let my children choose for themselves. What a bunch of hogwash. As for me and my house, we will, everybody say will, will, serve the Lord. Period. How many know that when your kids like 10 and you say, now listen, we're going to have spinach and broccoli or we're going to have ice cream. Which would you prefer? How many choose the spinach and broccoli? You know, It's the ice cream. Which one's better for them? The spinach and broccoli. And it's your job to make sure they get enough spinach and broccoli to offset the ice cream. Do you know what I'm saying? But if you left it up to them, it'd be all ice cream and candy floss and periwinkle. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not going to be a choice that's made for their own betterment. That's what you're for. You're there to lead them in the right way, in the right path. So that means two things. You've got to have your own stuff together. Everybody say, yep. And then you have to impart it to your children. you got to have your stuff together, and then you have to impart it to your children. So the first step is, get your stuff together. So if you don't have your stuff together, get it together. All right? Get it together. Don't wait for tomorrow. Start today. You can get it together today. You can lay your life afresh before the Lord. doesn't matter if you've done it 100 times before. He's not the God of one, two, and three chances. He's the God of infinite opportunity. You can come to him and give your life to him and say, God, I've blown it so many times, but here it is. I'm giving my life to you again today. Father, help me. And guess what? If you'll come to him with that level of honesty, God can start to help you. But if you look at God and say, it's okay, God, I got this. I got this. You're in for some serious trouble. Because without his help, We got nothing. We got nothing. We are, you know, it it is tough to raise children without the help of the Lord. How many know what I'm talking about? Can I get a louder amen than that? I mean, amen. It is tough because there's a lot of other voices out there. You need the help of the Lord. So go to him, get your stuff together, and pour out your life into your children. I believe that's what God wants you to do. So your children, they're a gift from God. Your children, they are a consignment from God. And finally, I want you to understand this, that children are your legacy in God. This is where we focus a little more specifically on grandparents today, but let me read you a few verses. One of them is Psalm 2, verse 8. It says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. Ecclesiastes 7:11 says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun, S-U-N. So, that's like profitable to everybody. You hear what I'm saying? Because I think we all see the sun. Uh, Proverbs 13, you've heard this verse many times, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. So, what do these verses all have in common is that they focus on the power and the importance of inheritance. When all is said and done, the most valuable thing that you can leave to your family is a legacy. Something that is built on your inheritance. We want to leave a legacy. Leaving a legacy is an important, important thing, and and some people get it, but most, unfortunately, do not. Instead, most people live their lives right almost until the very end focused on only one person themselves. Focused on their needs, focused on their wants, focused on their desires. And little attention is given to what I'm leaving behind. Most of the focus is on the now. What can I get? now? What can I have now? What do I, uh, what am I uh, you know, experiencing now? And this is only increasing as we move forward as a human race. You know, we it was seen in in my generation and you know, I'm the last of the boomers in in stuff. Boomers are stuff people. Right? Where the uh, last of the wealthy generations most of you know what they call busters or Millennials and then that came after them will have to grow up unless they really strike it into a good uh, career they will probably grow up making less than their parents that's just statistically true that's not doesn't mean that it's it's going to be universally true or that that can't be uh, different in this house Amen? amen but I'm just saying as a society you know, we have reached this place where we have to understand that, that this generation is going to, you know, which has been raised with virtually everything, may find it more difficult going forward. And so as a result, you know, debt is an enormous, enormous beast seeking to consume and devour everywhere it goes. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to help this generation have the upper hand? What are we doing to ensure that our children and our children's children are blessed? What are we doing to provide for the future? I don't want to just provide for me. I don't want to just be blessed. I don't want to just be, you know, eating, you know, ribeyes uh, at least a couple nights a week and, you know, enjoying the good life. But I want my children to be blessed and my children's children to be blessed. Someone say amen to that. But that takes some serious Serious effort. It does not happen by osmosis. You know what that is? Like you know, the process. You kind of just lay your head in your pillow, and it just seeps into you at night. You know. Uh, how many ever tried that with the Bible? I'll just put it under my head, and then all the scripture will just by osmosis. It'll just kind of you know absorb into my brain. No, take some serious application of yourself to the Word in order for it to get into. Your spirit. Well, it takes a serious amount of application of yourself to be able to leave legacy for your children's children. It does. I believe that there is... Oh, sorry, I did have those scriptures up there. There's nothing that we can do as parents more important than leaving a spiritual legacy. And it's expressed through our children and through our grandchildren. Now think about that. Nothing more important. You can leave them money, you can leave them wealth, but if you don't leave them a spiritual legacy, they're bankrupt. There's nothing more important. It's your number one job. Train your child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. This is your number one job. This is the the number one occupation of your time. And yet, and, and this is, I understand we got to work to eat to live, right? I get that. I'm not, I'm not making light of that, but, but we need to take some serious repose sometimes because we focus so much on providing for the physical that we neglect the spiritual, right? We spend so much time taking care of the business that we need to take care of that we uh, you know, that is in front of us every day. The kids got to eat. If they don't eat, they're screaming at you, yelling at you. The, the, you know, they got to have clothing. They've got to have this. They've got to have that. We, we, we understand that, and that is ever before us. But if all we do is meet their physical needs and we neglect their spiritual needs, we do our children an enormous disservice. I think we can do both, and I think we can do both well, but it doesn't, again, happen serendipitously. It happens because we're proactive. It happens because we are focused on what we are going to do with the Lord. Parenting is very intentional. Did you know that? The biggest myth out there right now is child-directed parenting. You're like, some of you are like, what, what's that? It is, it's absolute nonsense. Well, I just let my children decide what they want to eat for dinner. I just let my child decide when we're going to go outside and play. I let my child... You know, your children are not capable of making those types of decisions all the time. I'm not saying that you can't, oh, we're going out for ice cream, and you're going to say, I'm going to decide, you're eating chocolate. You know, you can let the child have choice and have that, but for the, the, your day to day life operations, you set the tone, you set the agenda. You set where the life's going to go. Because if you start at two and three empowering them, they're going to be regular old beasts at seven or eight, and they're going to be absolutely uncontrollable at 15. Are you hearing me? Totally uncontrollable. And this is a relatively new phenomenon, but guess what we're going to have in about 15 years? No, parent. Parent. Everybody say parent. 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 It's your job. All right. If you need help in that? Just come see us. We'd be happy to talk to you. You know? <laughs> uh, what does it mean? What does it mean to inherit a legacy? Well, there's a lot of definitions of legacy and all the rest of it, and that we could put up here. You know, an amount of money or property left to someone in a will, something handed down by a predecessor. But what I found most interesting is that the word legacy comes from the Latin, legatus, and it means a person delegated. And and, and what it tells me is that legacy is as much about authority as it is about stuff. You know, we think we want to leave a legacy to our children. We want to leave them a a financial legacy. We want to leave them uh, an estate. We want to leave them property. We want to, you know, leave them blessings. But I think we miss the fact that the the origins of the word even in Latin are about us imparting to them an authority. Imparting to them uh, a delegated authority, an ability uh, to make them somebody who's had something delegated to them that they can enact on this planet that I think that that's the most important aspect of legacy, is what have we communicated to our children that they are going to be able to do on this planet? They should come out of your home with a clear understanding of who they are, what they have, and what they can do. Hello? Someone say, that's right, Pastor. Pastor. Praise the Lord. When we leave the inheritance of a legacy to our children, it means we pass on our earthly kingdom authority to them. The most important thing I want my kids to get from me is spiritual authority. I want my kids to grow up knowing what authority they have in the spirit realm. I don't want them to be tossed around and abused and beaten by every wind of doctrine and everything that comes by. I don't want the enemy to have a heyday with them. I want my children to know who they are are and what they have and what they're capable of doing in the kingdom amen and when we instill that into our children when we put that into our children and then realize we can still do that to our grandchildren as well and this is where today being grandparents day comes home we've been talking about parenting and children but for grandparents your work now is still not done This is still something that you can do with your grandchildren. Every day you can help mom and dad by speaking into the kid's identity, by helping them understand what they have, and helping them understand what they can accomplish in the kingdom of God. So that when that child goes out into the world to face it, uh, that they know they don't face it alone, They face it with God on their side and that they have a delegated authority that comes from this family that is theirs and that they can walk in the kingdom and they can do great things for God. Amen? And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. I would like to suggest to you this morning that the measure of whether we have successfully accomplished the mission of the kingdom legacy is most greatly reflected in our grandchildren. Now think about this for a minute not just about how your children turn out. How did your grandchildren turn out? If you want to know how successful you've been with your children, then see how successful they are in raising children. Now think about that for a minute. The greatest testament to your ability to pass on legacy is how well it was inculcated in your children and they were able to transmit it to their children. I believe that that's the greatest testament you know, it's easy for me to say, oh, I was a really good parent. You know, I did this right and I did that right. Well, you know, the real proof is in the, in the pudding of what my grandkids are like. Are you hearing me? And that's why I believe my job's never done because, uh, you know, I'm still pouring into my grandchildren. I want relationship with my grandchildren. Wherever my grandchildren are, that is where I will be. I mean, I I understand my my neighbor across the road, he just moved to Vernon, B.C. His daughter's out there, and uh, they live out there, so he thought, you know, I think I'd rather retire out there and be close to my grandkids, right? His son bought, that's here still in Ontario, I don't think he has any children yet, bought his house, but he's moved out west to be near his grandkids. And and you know what? Some of the other attractive things was that because he's over 60 and he's retired and he's living in Vernon, his, his property taxes are only $100 a year. How many would like to see that enacted in Belleville? Uh, do you think we could talk to Joy Jenkins about that? Have a, a retirement property tax uh, cap at $100 a year. I'd, I'd vote for that. Anybody else in? Uh, you know, woo! Come on! But you know what? The reality is, my kids don't live in Vernon, BC, so I'll pay my $4,800 a year in taxes so I can be right here where the action is. Amen? Because I don't retire from influencing my children and my children's children. I don't get get a pass from that. I don't get to retire from that. That is my life mission. And sometimes I hear people talk about retirement, and and I say, well, you know, and they look at us, and they think, see us with kids living with us, grandkids there all the time, and they're like, how do you put up? a, You know, we would like to be empty nesters at some point, Derek, just so you know. Uh, we, we, We would like it at some point. But we want to stay connected to our grandkids. We want to have that influence in them. Because we recognize that the Scripture said, and as I already read, Proverbs 13:22, that we that we have been called to leave an inheritance for our children's children. That's our grandchildren. That's to be our focus. Notice it doesn't say children's children's children, because the reality is, is that when you get to be that age, it's now up to your kids to do that. They're the children's children. We can finally take a little bit of a rest when we're in our 90s, you know what I'm saying? And and all of a sudden, Ryan's kids have kids. Well, then, you know that's Ryan's job now to do the children's children thing. He's the grandparent, and I can finally sit back and just you know go, <laughs> you know, and uh, get a little bit of kick out of how much work he's got. But you know what I'm saying? We have a responsibility though as grandparents to pour into our children's children spiritually everybody hear this, spiritually, we never retire. We continue to work to ensure that a kingdom legacy is the inheritance of our children's children. Spiritually, grandpas and grandmas in this house this morning, you never get to retire. Ever. Everybody say, ever. You don't get to retire. You don't get to retire. Your job is still full on. You are working to leave that spiritual legacy, that inheritance to your children's children. It never stops. Now we want to do something different this morning, Mark. Can you go get the uh, kids? We want to do something different this morning. It's Grandparents Day, and we don't often get a chance to do something like this. And we would like to pray over grandparents today. But we would like The precious gifts of our house to do it. I would like to see the kids praying over grandparents today, so I've asked Pastor Mark to bring all the children down here, and they're going to pray over grandmas and grandpas in the house today. And then I've asked a few grandparents at the end of the service to just pray a blessing over our children. And uh, I've got uh, Ted's going to pray a blessing over some children, over the children. Cindy, our newest grandparents, Sheldon and Cindy, uh, are going to pray blessing as well this morning. And then my wife's going to pray as well this morning over our children. And uh, we're going to ask God to raise up in our midst the greatest, most powerful generation for the kingdom of God that has ever walked the face of planet Earth. And I believe, I believe that there can be something which begins right here, right now. Amen? And if you're a grandparent, if you're a grandparent, I'm going to invite you right now, every grandparent in this place, to come on up to the front and join my wife and I. We are grandparents eight times over now, so we we get some qualification here. Just spread out in a line right across the front here, folks. That is an awesome sight. All the grandparents up here, fantastic. Praise the Lord. All right, now I'm going to invite the children. Pastor Mark, you want to coordinate the children, get them up here, give them some instruction. We're going to get them to pray over us and Pastor Mark's going to lead them in that here in a minute. mark I don't think it's on so yeah kids if you can just find somebody if your grandparents are here these are all great people because they're grandparents that's right they have candy and money so that's why you like them (laughs) (laughs) and they don't have rules like your parents (laughs) that's also right Or less of them, anyway. Or at least less of them, yes. (laughs) Come on down here. Come on down. Down here. We need more people down here. Come on down. This is awesome. That's awesome. Now... Okay boys and girls, what I'd like you to do is I would like you to just pray, you don't have to be a preacher, all you have to do is just pray for all of these wonderful grandparents here today. You can, if you can pray out loud, you want to pray out loud, that's fine. If you just want to pray quietly, that's fine, but we want you to pray for us as grandparents. Can you guys do that? So I ask you to turn around and face those grandparents and then pray for them today. And Grandparents, if you want to get that's probably a good idea as well. Pastor Mark, you got that microphone? All right. I'm going to have uh, Ted and then Cindy and then my wife we are going to pray over our children today. And I'd ask the whole congregation to stand with me and stretch out your hands toward these kids today. Moms and dads, if, if you want to come on up with them as well, feel free. We don't want to isolate you from your children here today. Come on up if you want to stand with them. But, I'm going to ask Ted to pray over these precious gifts that we've been given as grandparents. We're so thrilled with every one of them, and we're going to ask God to do great things in their lives. So I'm going to ask Ted to pray, and then Cindy who, and Sheldon, who are, I think, our, our newest grandparents in the church. I'm pretty sure of that right now. Uh, as a little storm. was just born a few weeks ago, and, uh, and then my wife is going to close out that time of
1: prayer. Well, thank you, Father, for all of these precious gifts that are in front of us right now, all the incredible potential and future that they have not only in their own lives, but in their decision to follow you as their Savior and as their Lord. And Father, we just, as a group, as a collective body today, we pray for all those children that haven't yet committed their life to Christ that they will be given guidance by their parents, by their grandparents, for significant people that are in their lives to be guided to that decision for you. And Father, right now I pray for the parents of these children and the grandparents that, you know, sometimes we don't always see eye to eye on how to raise kids or what to feed them or different strategies. Father, I just pray that there'll be a level of acceptance and understanding that comes between the parents and the children and the grandparents, that we're all in this together to do the same job, and that's to bring all of our children to Christ and to guide them in everything that's difficult. Father, may the grandparents... Maybe take a step back when they need to. And, Father, may the parents of these children think, receive from the, the, the grandparents that, that they need and, and that they should be feel free to come to them when they don't know where else to turn. And that we'll be gracious in uh, our role as a grandparent. So thank you, Lord, in Christ's name.
2: Father, I pray for uh, these little ones, these blessings that you've given us. So many beautiful children, so much potential. I, I just ask, Father, that you would help them to understand um, the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, so that they'll be wisdom seekers. They'll understand what it means to uh, apply knowledge appropriately and to grow in understanding you. Just give them wisdom and direction. Protect them, Father, in all areas, I ask in your name, and uh, that they would truly reach the full potential that you have for every single one of them. Every day they would wake up and know that you were there watching over them, that you love them so, so deeply, more more than anyone else
3: could, I ask in your name. Thank you for every parent here, every grandparent, every child, God, give us uh, wisdom in uh, seeking out and learning what each of our children's and our grandchildren's love language is Mm -hmm. so that we would understand how they both give and receive love so that we can love them more effectively in the capacity and in the way that they can receive love and understanding how they uniquely have been designed. God, just that we would have wisdom as parents and grandparents to, to guide but never... Um, never break their spirit, especially with our strong-willed children. It can be sometimes so frustrating as parents and even grandparents, exhausting. And you want to come down with a heavy hand. And God, we just I just pray for wisdom, that wisdom would would uh, your wisdom, the wisdom of of the Lord, would guide and direct us so that we never squash or just break them in any way, God. That they would understand your love, that we would be a message of the love of God, that that's what our lives would represent. God, help us as grandparents, as Ted prayed, that we help um, Im- to impact our children and grandchildren, but that we don't manipulate, mm-hmm. and that we don't overstep, and we don't undermine our, our children's parenting, that we are not there to undermine, that we are there to lift up and support I pray for every child here. I pray for their unique giftings and abilities and their unique calling and how you have made them so specifically. God, when we don't understand them, we need to go to you, the designer, and ask you to give us understanding of how they are designed so that we can communicate and love them more effectively and lead them in the ways in your ways, Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you, Lord. Father, we just bless all our grandparents today. We thank you for each and every single one of them. And Father, we ask for your blessing on them. Spoil your grandma and grandpa this week, all right? Make sure you do something really nice for them. Pastor Mark's going to talk a little bit about lunch today, give you some direction about that. Lord bless you. I don't know about you,